Horrific Network Entertainment. Welcome everybody to the return of the horrific podcast today. I have a very cool guest with us. Uh, Mark Hadley is a composer. He has two horror films that you can check out right now. More to come. Uh, Most uh, recently, Double Walker is out right now. And it is a way different take on um, some of your uh, traditional ghost stories. Way different than what you would normally expect, I think. So... This is actually some of Mark's music that you can hear uh, if you search uh, Hark Madly instead of Mark Hadley. And uh, you can check out some of his cinematic music, some of his just tracks that he has written in his career. But man, it feels good to be back. And we are getting back in the swing of our normal... uh, pod uh, casting um, routine here just because haunt season as we know by now is officially over we're rolling into the holiday season and with that traditionally things definitely take a step slower as far as podcasting goes but we have some really cool stuff coming out for you guys Uh, Here in the last part of 2021 and early 2022, everything from uh, traditional stuff that comes out early in the year, like uh, the Horrific Hall of Fame and the Golden Skulls, to new podcasts um, that are going to be announced and released really soon here. Uh, One that's predominantly focused on Star Wars, but in a brand new way. We signed a deal to use a video game programmer little bot to help us randomize that show. That should be a lot of fun, of course. I mean, time really flies the older that you get. Campfire Chronicles is coming out very soon as well, early in 2022 for another season. Which is crazy, it's time to speculate haunts again. Um... Another one that we talked, or that you've probably noticed if you're following our feed that is back, is The Screening Room, and that is a show that's dedicated to us meeting up for movies, Uh, no matter how big the group or the scenario, we're doing a live podcast for a movie, and it's not just like a 10 minute like road report kind of on the fly thing, this is where you're going to see that and hear that, The Screening Room podcast we've done three two from the state and we just did one with ghostbusters afterlife last uh thursday night and ghostbusters afterlife definitely left the group a little divided 
And I know a lot of the group really enjoyed it, and I know all of the group liked it. It was just kind of a matter of how much did you like it. I, and honestly, I thought that this movie really... And you'll, you'll hear it on the podcast, but it really catered to a lot of people. Like, overly catered to them. Like, there were lines in there that were directly for certain parts of the population that would say this movie sucked. To make sure that they don't say that it sucks. And I only necessarily needed that. Um... The last 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, are perfect. It was really cool. Um, I do think that it felt like a lot of the time... It felt like the time could have been managed better, where not making the movie shorter... But taking some time that was used on some aspects of this story and relocating that time to have more time for other aspects, if that makes any sense. That was my biggest complaint. Overall, uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was enjoyable. It's not as nearly as good as you know the originals, but it was nowhere near 2016, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But over on the Screening Room podcast, you can get reactions like as they happen and, you know, sometimes immediately after, definitely before, but we try to do a variety of fun things. And if we're doing one at the State Theater... We usually give out prizes too, so stay tuned for when we are recording another one of those live. Okay, Mark Hadley, like I had mentioned, composer. He wrote all this music, Double Walker. Uh, it looks like a super creepy ghost story. He's also done uh, work for the Be My Valentine rendition of Into the Dark, the Hulu series. He talks a little bit about that in this interview. Um... But really, at the end of the day, he's just a super dope uh, music composer who is getting to work on some really cool films. And it's always fun getting to talk to people on this show when they are kind of hitting their stride and it's really starting to get excited because they seem very genuinely excited. And Mark is no exception to that rule he seems very genuinely excited so looking forward to uh, getting this one out for you guys to listen to and you can also if you haven't already watched this video and if you want to check out the video version of this it's on our youtube for whatever reason youtube has been the one thing that is slowed us down as far as numbers wise goes but it's actually gotten better over 2021 and it was kind of my late year goal second half goal to, to get those numbers up and they are going up so we're working hard over there so if you want to watch mark talk about his journey instead of listening to it here you can definitely do that 
on Horrific Network's YouTube. Anyway, let's get into it. Mark Hadley coming at you. All right, gang, I am super excited to have with us on the show this week, composer. You probably have recognized some of the man's music, even if you didn't know it was him in the uh, Hulu Into the Dark series. But coming up, a very cool ghost story, very different, original looking ghost story, Double Walker, composer Mark Hadley. How you doing today, man? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm so stoked to be here. Uh, that, that was a cool intro. <laughs> the uh, you know the world of horror is so interdimensional, so many different subgenres. We were just at a film festival uh, this past weekend in Sacramento, and every film um, really ran that gamut. We kind of kicked things off of ours, and it's a horror comedy, and immediately it turned on a dime, and it was serial killer, and then it was psychological, and then it was. Yadi, the list goes on and on. It was really cool to see. And then watching the trailer again for Double Walker this morning, I was like, damn, this movie looks like nothing I've ever seen before as far as like a ghost story goes. So talk to me a little bit about it, man. Yeah, well, first of all, I totally agree with you. And I, that's one of the reasons why horror, I think, is so cool as a genre, especially right now as it's expanding in such a cool way like you're saying all these different subgenres and stuff sure. um so i think uh double walker is definitely a unique one it's definitely ha it has psychological elements to it, it as thriller elements to it and as the trailer shows there are some brutal murders as well <laughs> um it's not really like a jump scare kind of movie it's more of a, a thoughtful kind of movie um mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, let, I, I like it's it's cool that people are taking away different things from it. It's it's got kind of a open interpretation kind of feel. So it's been mm -hmm. interesting to hear from different people who have watched it, what they took away from it, you know. I mean, the premise reads very much like our main protagonist has something pretty tragic. I'm trying to like not give too many spoilers away but sure. yeah. um without you know by just looking at the trailer you kind of know like she is a ghost but she is a different type of ghost as far as the fact that like she's interacting with other ghosts and they're kind of represented in this way of being able to really interact with living beings but it just feels like different in the sense like the living people know something's there, but maybe it's just the way that it's shot with your music on top of it. But like the whole ghost thing, I always am a, am a mark for because our house that we live in is very haunted. And so the, uh, the fact that in those scenes in the clips that uh, I've been able to check out, like it almost feels like, like Beetlejuice ghost rules where she may not even know she's fully a ghost yet type of a thing. Like how is that to play with musically cinematically when you get that presented to you and you go and you, you write down what you're thinking the vibe is like, I'm sure like the director producer probably has some kind of input as for what they're, looking for but like what is your process kind of like yeah 
Great question. Great observations as well. Um, well, yeah, so the conversations basically started between the director and I pretty early on when it was just a script. And Colin West, who's a co-writer and director, uh, we just really vibe with each other. So our discussions are a lot about like, how do we want the movie to feel? Um, we don't really talk about specific instrumentation or anything like that in the early stages. It's really more broad. Um, and so we knew pretty early on that this film was going to have an interesting um, sort of uh, chronological path or, or okay. not chronological path. You know, it, right. it's not a linear movie per se. So I think, um, and that, that definitely played out in the edit as well as we tried different arrangements and moved things around. So I think we always knew that it was going to feel like we kept coming back to this idea of it being a tone poem. And so um, that sort of took shape in my mind as I sort of thought about the sonic world that we wanted to live in as, you know, mm -hmm. Ghost is doing these. It's such a patient movie, even though it's short, it's also really patient for what it does. Um, so I think just having some feelings of being suspended in time and also sort of like trying to capture both the cold winter aesthetic and the human sort of side of it like as she's mm. reckoning with um human uh like human versus not being human you know sure yeah. the tonality of your music you know you've done like a lot of cool things like synthesizing to to an extent yeah is that present in this film too or or is this kind of its own unique thing it's really its own unique thing. Um, uh, I'm pretty proud of the fact that it came out different, you know, which is, it's a goal. You want to make something super original for the project you're working on. Um, sure. There are, there are some synths on it, like to provide some like warmer pad type things, but most mm -hmm. of it is um, recording and collaborating with um, a percussion player and then taking what he recorded and sort of manipulating it in new ways and composing and writing on piano as well. Um, with that, did you guys record together or separately? We recorded separately. Um, this this project started right at the beginning of uh, lockdown. So we, um, I knew I was going to have to record everything remotely. So I actually kind of let that inform my choices a bit because there's this great percussion ensemble in Chicago called Third Coast Percussion. They do super creative things. And um, I was listening to a bunch of their music and identified like in their some of their released music, like, oh, those are some of the tones that I want to tap into for this score. So mm. we recorded totally remotely. Um, Sean Connors, who's the guy that played the percussion, was in Chicago. So we just did a Zoom session. Um, and that was last June. And so that was, it was, it was cool. The emotion that comes through in the film or i should say in the the trailer i mean you say that you mentioned the brutal um murder scenes uh, and i encourage everyone to go check out the trailer because one of those murder scenes takes place with like a shivved spoon um that uh just looks so freaking like gnarly yeah when you see it like filed into the point 
like as a I would imagine you're a fan of horror in general. Like how much fun is it to like musically build that suspense and then like, like oh it's, yeah. It is fun. It's also really challenging. It's like I I do love horror and I've been a fan of horror ever since like I saw Scream when I was like a little kid and and like just have loved the ways that the genre has expanded like we were talking about a minute ago. But um it is challenging to score those kinds of scenes because especially when you have um such a brilliant director and editor, we got to give it up to Kira Burr and the editor of this movie cuz cuz those scenes there's so much suspense baked into it because of the edit. So really, right. it's challenging to write music where you're not being overly redundant and also yeah. sort of not giving anything away, you know? Um, it is fun. It's always fun. It's like a big problem-solving kind of situation, you know? You just you kind of try different things and see what works, and, and not everything works, but eventually you find the thing that does, and you roll with it. And, and film school editing was always one of my favorite things because it's literally like putting a puzzle together. I always compared it to like the uh, the scene with uh, Tom Cruise in um, Minority Report where he's got the different screens. Yeah, right. right. And like for a composer, is it kind of like the same way? Or does it feel like you're putting a uh, puzzle together or is it more like you're, you feel like you're putting a linear timeline together? um it can go both ways like like colin and i have another movie in the pipeline that's done that's going on the festival circuit right now and it's totally different than double walker not only genre wise but just in the way that it's structured it's more traditional it's more linear um mm. so that that is less of uh less less of that kind of thing that you just articulated whereas right. double walker definitely was because as things moved around and i think that's kind of why the score has such a a uniform feel to it if you will like um it almost feels like one big piece of music to me when i listen to the score and so i think right. that sort of helped like thread the needle as we were trying different things and moving things around and you know returning to certain certain sounds and themes at different parts you know when ghost is on the hunt and she's gonna do a murder or something you know you might recognize some sounds or things like that that's pretty cool. So it's like one fluid track. Yeah, this one came out to be kind of like that. Um, it's really, I didn't expect it to be that way, but it works. And so, yeah. You know, you mentioned Scream, which the score of that film is so iconic from that first pan of the high school and the that, that slow um, riff into the each setting, like the way he chose what track to meet, match the scene was really kind of, I mean, he is, he was a, a master Wes Craven, but is there a, uh, a film? This is kind of a two part question. Was there a certain film that got you into horror? And then was there, could be the same film, but was there a certain film uh, or a piece of music that got you like, I want to be a, a movie composer. Yeah. Um, so, so I think Scream was the first horror movie that I, I was really into. And then um, to piggyback on the horror idea, um, It Follows Ooh. is the yeah. sort of one that I keep always come back to because that was the first 
like horror movie I saw where the score really grabbed me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, at that point, by the time I saw it follows, I was already into film composing and like, um, you know, digging film scores and stuff like that, but not necessarily in the horror genre, even though mm-hmm. I liked the genre as, as an audience member. Um, but then I heard the score for it falls. I was like, damn, that is cool. That is cool. I've never heard anything like that. Um, and it sort of expanded what I thought of, uh, and then just to mention it briefly, um, the first film that I ever saw that where film music jumped out at me in general was Revolutionary mm-hmm. Road with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And that scores by Thomas Newman. And I don't think that, um, you know, it's not, it's just, a, I don't know, it, the circumstances of my life at the time when I saw that movie, the music just was like, whoa, like I had no idea that film music could be like that. And so that's what got me into it. That all those films are really good examples of how everything can come together to Mm. make a really good film. People, it's always interesting to me where people don't um, appreciate how much music adds Mm. to a film. Like that was one thing that we always kind of got hammered into our brains too is it like there's too much of a stretch without some kind of accompaniment it feels dull and it's almost like one of those things where if you look at something and you don't even notice it firsthand it almost means it's perfect because Mm -hmm. it's just interlaced and in a lot of scenes it's almost like with the music the accompaniment if it's not there at all you realize it's not there like immediately. So it's always cool when a film is just the score of the film is just on point and it kind of like comes in and out and you're like, damn, that's a really cool song. And then it's almost like you reflect back on the whole thing. Like, no, the whole soundtrack is dope. I'm just like so caught up in the overall thing. Um, Whereas if it's just Leo and Winslet talking, with nothing in the background, it gets boring very quickly. Yeah. Unless like unless it's some like super dramatic scene or something. But it is yeah. you know, mu- music does uh really create the uh, the the whole chef's kiss cherry on top for any kind of film, especially horror. Like horror without music is is kind of rough. Um <laughs> I do just because I'm a huge fan of the series. Like you getting to compose into the dark is super dope. That was awesome. That was a really cool project. Um, you know, Hulu, like that whole chain of films, the way that they pumped them out. And then that thing really started when there was not a whole lot going on. Mm. Like, and then they, the fact that they all came and each month was like a different theme and they correlated it with the calendar year and everything that that was really cool. So yeah, to get to hang your hat on that, that had to have been some fun. Definitely. And I think uh, the way that particular film, my Valentine, the way that mm-hmm. it had uh, it revolved around musicians as the yeah. main characters. And there was like a lot of pop song stuff in it and the ways that we got to really stretch with the score and make like hybrid moments of, like, is this a song or is this the score? It was just so fun. It was it was a dream project, to be honest. It was great. How long did it take you 
with Double Walker to compose the the, the score of it? I would. Um, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I would imagine like like a couple months, a couple months okay. of so- solid work. Writing. Yeah. So you're putting in the same the same amount of time really goes into the composing as much as the production then when it comes to an independent budget. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never really thought about it like that, but I, I suppose so. I think um it can vary because like Double Walker, for example, I was involved so early with Colin that, in fact, I think I was one of the first. I was, I think I might have been the first person that him and the editor Kira showed the first cut to. So I mm-hmm. was even in post production. I was on very early for what a composer might typically, um, what their involvement might be. So um, it was a long process, you know, when you're working from the first cut to the final cut doing doing music and working on new pieces and reworking pieces as it evolves and the edit can be a it's definitely a lot of work and a lot of time but it's great when you're working with such a positive a great team like colin and kira are amazing at what they do they're super creative and uh it's just a lot of positive positive stuff with them right on i've i'm always interested to ask composers the whole temp music question yeah do you do you like temp music at first or do you like like nothing and you're it's all you i in my ideal situation it would be absolutely no music show me the first cut with no music at all and let's go from there but that's not how it goes and i and i understand that because especially when you're editing something you need sometimes that music to sort of help inform the edit so it's kind of like a chicken and egg kind of situation right um that being said um i think you know we were just talking about two music in a movie as far as like how much of it there is or how little of it there is and i think that it can be easy in the early stages of a film to put too much music in in the temp to put mm-hmm. to overload it with music because mm-hmm. You're still sort of figuring out the edit. You're still sort of figuring out the flow and the best performances. And um, so so I, I generally don't like temp music, but I understand its role and its importance at times. Do you uh, have anything right now just as a fan that you are watching uh, like series-wise or a film that's about to drop. I mean, my God, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Everybody I know is waiting on pins and needles for that. But like, is there uh, something that you have seen lately that you were like, "Damn, this is super rad"? Yeah, um, Candyman jumps to mind. Oh yeah. Um, the score was freaking awesome in Candyman. Super cool. Um, I will say I haven't been watching a ton of films recently it's been mostly like sort of comedy easy to digest series kind of stuff what do you like you know great british baking show that kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) no but uh like like uh you know there's a new new season of curb i've been watching that um insecure i love insecure um we're watching succession now because everybody has been telling us to watch it and uh it's the same with me everybody's just loves that show white lotus that score was incredible hmm. did you see white lotus i have not yet yeah the series was was cool in its own way but the score especially was like 
incredible off the charts my wife gives my wife teases me because i give her so much shit over like lifetime movies and uh netflix has the rights to you now yeah and i don't know what it is about that damn show that i will sit there and i'll be uh, watch one episode each season I'm like this up uh, this this is garbage why did i even waste my time and then i'll watch another one and by the end of the second one i'm like well fuck they i'm hooked and the other night my wife came in in the middle of it and she's like you're watching a lifetime show and i'm like listen it started on lifetime and then netflix bought it so leave me alone but uh that it's funny that you you talk about like tv scores because that show has the same track on repeat whenever they're gonna do something fucked up but it's now to a point three seasons in where i'm like oh he's gonna fucking kill someone i can't wait that's Uh, funny um i've seen that show like if you go to netflix and you see top 10 or whatever in the u.s whatever i i feel like you has been up there for a a couple weeks now and i've always seen it like should i watch this show so it's like the worst best it's the best bad show you'll watch my 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 favorite best bad show that i'm it's my guilty pleasure i'm totally proud to admit it is the circle did you watch the circle oh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah That is it's the same same exact same thing with you. Like you're like this is not like a pin pin on my shirt type of a thing, but right, right, right. It's like yeah, yeah. Is there a genre like outside of horror that you would like love to cut for uh, like a feature film, like science fiction or western, whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm super into thrillers and sci-fi, like, in general, so that kind of thing. And I also like, um, like, creatively done indie drama stuff, or even not indie, but just, like, like the movie that comes to mind, probably, because it's just one word, like, you, is um, Her, right? With, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, a, a film like that, where it's sort of, like, I don't know if it fits squarely into any one genre, but it's it's a commentary of sorts and um, sure. that kind of thing. That was a very, when that film came out, that came out at like the perfect time to like really make people raise some eyebrows and like, and his performance in it. Cause that was like right after the Johnny cash movie. Mm. So he was hot and then he did that. And it was just like complete 180 from the Johnny cash movie. Like that he is a rad actor like he yes is, um his body of work now and with joker another great soundtrack to that yep yeah um but like god yeah joaquin phoenix is he's the real deal yeah without yeah. question um the the project that you said you and colin are working on next like is that tonality wise is that similar to double walker or is it kind of its own like different uh dive into another area of horror it's totally different it's like um it's light it's light-hearted oh um but it also is serious it's it's dramatic at points and um really heartfelt really heartfelt 
but there's nothing about it that is scary or thriller-esque you know oh, so, okay yeah so he's he's like trying to branch out into just a completely different genre then well what's interesting is that i think double walker was him branching out into a different genre actually because mm. the way that double walker came together between him and sylvie mix who he co-wrote it with was sort of them just like really riffing together and kind of coming up with this concept together whereas the movie the project that we just finished called linoleum um mm. is a script that colin wrote and has been writing by himself for for a long time and really like is a big part of his output um as an identity of sorts so i think double walker is like it's like it's interesting because uh in, in fact, we just had a screening in L.A. and there was a Q&A and Colin mm. said himself, he's like, I don't consider this a horror movie. So huh. it's like it's interesting. Yeah. What would he what do you what do you think he would call it? Like psychological thriller? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, at this point, you know, what are we even talking about? It's a, you know, <laughs> movie. Right. Some, some people get murdered. There's some stuff to think about, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the way that uh this film looks how it's shot too is really rad to see like an independent film look so major mm. motion picture yeah like yeah. where i mean you say you guys did a screening in la but is it doing festivals like where are people going to be able to get a hold of this thing yeah so it already has um a distribution partner oh, uh, right. And it's online now. You can get it on oh, Apple okay. TV or Amazon. Um, okay. I think it's screening in a few cities in the U.S., but probably pretty small theaters. And I don't know off the top of my head where those are. Sure. So it is right now. You, when you're watching this or listening to it, like you can go and VOD it and rent yep. it and all that. Right on. That is that is cool. I think that. Uh, That'll definitely be a, a subject matter of one of our roundtable podcasts here Ooh, uh, cool. during the holiday season. Because uh, nothing makes you feel more holiday than good old uh, murders and freaking being afraid of ghosts and shit. Yeah, but, right. Um, well, down the line, looks like Linoleum's up next, but anything else after that you got lined up that we should be on the lookout for? Um, well, you know, I, I make a lot of original music for my artist project called Hark Madly. And okay. um, so at this present moment, I'm not working on any films. So I'm just working on new music for that project. Um, and I also, I also have a company called Repository. And Repository is music specifically for like commercial use. Uh, okay. so, so we just had a piece in the new Eternals trailer. We had a piece in the... Um, all the yellow jackets on showtime trailer that show looks pretty cool i'm excited for that one um so yeah just working on new music for that those those kind of purposes that's right so what's the the heart the heavily project is that just like you putting tracks out for people to listen to what, what is that looking like yeah yeah pretty much i mean you could go on spotify or whatever you listen to music on type in hark madly which is just what i've recently learned is called a spoonerism of my name I didn't know that that was the term, but yeah, just switching the letters, Hark Madly. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so you can, I, I have several albums that I've put out. So just stuff like that. And some of it is like ambient, chill, 
meditation meditation kind of music and others more like intense production full-on kind of song stuff that's super dope <laughs> that's yeah no that, that, that um and we just went for Halloween and saw uh, Danny Elfman do his oh, thing. Oh, you went to that? Yeah, that's it was cool. super dope. Um, that's cool. But that the dude does that same kind of a deal, where he'll put out just stuff that you wouldn't even know is out there for you to be able to listen to, unless you know you search. And uh, Carpenter kind of does the same deal with those Lost Themes albums, like. He's not slapping your you slapping you in the face with by lost themes, by lost themes, but you search John Carpenter and there's three albums of just him composing synthesized music based upon the tracks he did way back when. It's like stuff like that is rad. Like Yeah. I mean, I think it gets to the core core question. Like if you're a composer, but you're only composing when somebody's hire you to hiring you to compose, like what are you doing with the rest of your time? You know, sure. and and maybe some people, well, there definitely are some people that are busy enough where they just maybe don't even have the time to do that. But I'm that's not where I'm at. Like I said, I'm not working on any, any film projects right now. So I have time and I'm, you know, working out some new music, new ideas. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Mark, man, we definitely look forward to watching Double Walker. We've looked forward to Linoleum when it comes out. We're definitely cool. going to look... Uh, We'll post in the show note a link to all your music so people awesome. can check that out. But yeah, I think yeah, the score is out as well for Double Walker. You can stream the score. And I just oh, want to nice. clarify because it's super confusing. And I'm sorry about it. But that is released under Mark Hadley. So you can find my music as Hark Madley and Mark Hadley on Spotify. So search, so search both of them. <laughs> yes search both of them but double walker <laughs> is out for people to listen to if they want to check it out um but uh yeah man definitely down the line we got to do this again and uh see where you're at and what the newest the newest jams are but uh i thank you man for taking the time out and talking to us today no thank you jimmy seriously i appreciate the opportunity it's meaningful so i appreciate it and i look forward to hearing the podcast uh roundtable on the film too that's that's gonna be cool yeah i'm gonna try we do this thing at the state where they bring in uh horror movies whether you know from 20 30 years ago and or they they try as much as they can to partner with indie horror films and get those into their thing and we always you know we our brand partners with the state to host them so i gotta hit up the guy who is in charge of that see if we can get it on the get it at the state that'd be dope to see it in an actual movie theater let um, me know keep me posted for sure um but yeah until then we will have definitely have mark on again in the future but you man take care Congratulations on all the success, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing what you do in the future. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate it, man. I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. Right on.